0: got so much going on, what's hurting? what's hurting? I don't want no sympathy, I'm so close. Did it all up on my own, I broke curses. Should I drown in misery or keep going for it? I've been questioning the world, like what's certain? I can tell you what's real, so don't fall for it. Spending hundreds every day like I'm splurging. But the money root of all, I got numb to it. And it's take fleece for the whole week. Flipping balls to the tree, but I know that I want more. Because priest Batman coffee if I want to succeed got to go and just run for cheap crunches and night and it's no meat meal these fellows pay attention to the detail these days how the spin we don't relay each day I'm trying just to be there. good morning afternoon or evening and welcome to the amateur expertise podcast where I your host Ben Malloy will peer into people's passions and get to know these amateur experts and why they pursue the passions they do the song you just heard is I Don't Even Know by Rye, a local artist from Cincinnati. He can be found on all major platforms under the name Rye, R-H-Y. Go check out his music if you want to support local artists. Welcome back to the Amateur Expertise Podcast. My name is uh, Benjamin Paul Molloy and I am here with a very, very special guest, uh, Brad Horner. Um, he is the local youth pastor at Lakeside Church, um, and today... We're kind of doing a different take where I know that we've had amateur experts come in and talk about certain things, um, but this time we're actually having an actual expert, at least I would call an actual expert, come in today. Um, So to set up your credentials, and you correct me, but this is you went to, you attended high school at Cuyahoga Valley Christian Academy all four years. That's correct then you went to liberty university and in your undergrad you studied uh, biblical studies that's what your bachelor's is in that's correct correct and then you went to liberty baptist theological seminary and you got your masters in religion
1: masters arts and masters religion. arts in religion sorry
0: and then you've been pastoring
1: at lakeside church for 20 years yeah well 20 years in the building started at vesper lake and then 13 years ago merged with another church and became Lakeside. So,
0: mm. uh, but. so where I want to start first with the first question is that, so you've been a youth pastor for about 20 years. Uh, what have you learned most about adolescence in your time as a youth pastor?
1: Uh, it's, it's a good question. Uh, it is, it's a time of seeking autonomy and wanting, um, wanting to be, free and under um, understanding adult um, freedoms but uh, also a place of searching for acceptance and belonging um, wanting uh, to understand meaning value uh, purpose for life um, but also trying to explore those on, on, on their own so it's a kind of a attention of they, they want Guidance and 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 leadership, but they also mm-hmm. want to do it on their own. And so, if you try to be too much of a guide, then there's sometimes a pushback. Right. Um, and uh, and so it's it's kind of invite and it's a time to invite someone into a journey um, as they're and, and helping to point them in the in the right directions. I don't know. So
0: mm. so you would say that they're searching to be autonomous, a.k.a. make their own decisions and being on their own, but also seeking, while being on their own, how do I figure out this whole thing, Yeah, that tension?
1: So so I think they they want um, adult uh, leadership. They want adult friendships. They want someone who loves them and cares for them, but they also want a little bit of the open-handed, like, support me, but don't try to control me. Mm, mm, And, uh, you know, it's like... Um, in that, like I, I've learned that, like I'm, I'm not, you know, cool. When I first started youth pastor, I thought I had to be like the cool guy and know everything about mm-hmm. adolescent culture and try to listen to all the cool music and right. and know all the the the, the slang words. But um, whenever I, you know, realized that I was trying to just just fit into their world, you know, they, it'd be superficial. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I realized I don't need to know all the popular bands or the, the, right. the music they're listening to. I don't need to know. Like, if I say their words these days, it's mostly just to get them laughing and they, they know, <laughs> yeah. they know that, you know, um, I'm just like, I, I, I don't, like I can I can understand what the word means like and mm-hmm. and so you can give me the definition and I can put it in a sentence, but it's like right. a, it's like a foreign language right yeah. so like no cap it's like it's a foreign <laughs> language and uh, like so, the
0: denotation and connotation yeah. of a certain word yeah
1: so what uh, but what has become transcendent so more than just knowing some of their culture but but being a consistent loving understanding guiding voice in their life has been what's been most impactful over the years.
0: Mm. That's cool. So this question is kind of uh, tied to that a little bit, the next one, but uh, what what are the primary concerns of adolescents? You touched on that a little bit, a little bit about that, but like kind of like their concerns with life and like what are they desiring and looking for in a sense?
1: I mean, meaning, purpose, and value are three words that I, mm. I come back to a, a lot. I mean, I think um, it's something that, In biblical studies i believe you know the word of god speaks to the very core of of what what life means okay um and it it shows them that the god gives them value and and it gives a clear purpose for life but in everything they're exploring and all the voices of the world like it's it's feeding into those three categories and um, mostly it stems from, like, where they're at, like problems they might have or whatever will come from either misunderstanding or lies they believe or the truths that they hold dear to. And so whatever they might be latching on to, um, and, like, today we got, like, environmental causes and we got relationship stuff and we got LGBTQ things and, like, all these different areas, whatever the, the – pursuing, it's coming down to like, what is, what is the meaning of life? Um, Mm. What is my purpose and and where do I find value and what community gives that to me? Mm. Um, And, uh, and so what is the core belief behind each of these areas that they're holding to? Um, And so how do uh, we speak truth into what is the meaning of life? Yeah. What is the purpose of life, and where do where does true value come from?
0: So you found that their primary concerns are, uh, they're they're seeking to find their own meaning and their own purpose and their own value in certain different ideas and communities, and that's like their primary concern.
1: Yeah, that, and I would say just this uh, acceptance and belonging. To yeah. add those two, because like, um. You know, just uh, a lot of people, I mean, everybody at some point feels alone in the world. Mm-hmm. I actually want one one um, teacher I had one time said a good definition of ministry is helping people feel less alone in the world. Mm-hmm. Because God said in the very beginning, it is not good for man to be alone. Obviously, mm-hmm. we, we put that into the, the relational context. But even um, beyond the romantic relationship context, it's like we need... Community. We need relationship, and mm-hmm. so that later in the New Testament says, "Don't forsake the assembling together of the believers." Yeah. Why? Because we need community. Yeah, community is vital, and important. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, with kids seeking purpose, meaning, and value, obviously, the things that they go to for that changes um, as time changes, uh, because society and culture changes. And you've been in this game for twenty years, as we've said which is uh, not, to, not calling you old, but you've been in this for a minute.
1: Oh, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> at least my niece screams at me every day telling me I'm old.
0: But how how has the way you conduct your ministry changed throughout the past 20 years? Because you said those three things you found to be a constant, but how has engaging that changed?
1: Um, well, I mean, they're, they're just certain things that have stayed the same. Like, so mm-hmm. I'll start there. Like, um, our, our core meetings are based on, you know, a, a solid biblical teaching um, and small groups. Mm-hmm. Um, but to engage the kids, um, you know, they come in, there's, there's food and snacks and there's games, you know, things that help tear down the walls. Uh, um, but also then um, one thing that I've been consistent with and convicted of is that not just to give like a, a superficial lesson even when guests come like I, I teach the the truth and teach um, that like people want to know what what we really believe and mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of places today students and adolescents are, are consider you know like they, they people consider them um, that they only want like the light stuff and they want the easy stuff and they want mm-hmm. um. Just the fun stuff, and and they don't recognize how serious st- students are thinking that the, the adolescents are, they're really asking deep, solid questions. And so, anytime we do like q and A, a Q&A and just say what's what's on your heart and your mind, and they they'll come out with some zingers like wow, mm-hmm. like that's a like. And if we're not teaching them deeply, you know, then they're then they're gonna look at um, the faith, the church, as like not. Not being legit or not being uh, real, not like not being a real a place of meaning, purpose, and value. Whereas um, calling them into something deeper um, and beyond that, like so. Um, so, in twenty years, my my main approach to ministry really hasn't changed a lot. Like, uh, um, because the the message never changes. Sometimes the methods do, but right. the, the what what I've come to see is that I need to call them out of what is what is easy and 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 pursue something Mm. deeper because i can't compete with the world like i can't like my youth group can't have um you know all the light shows and it can't have all the fog machines and it can't have yeah the the fun times that they they can go anywhere um they can go to the mall they can go to different restaurants they can do all all kinds of stuff sky zone i can't put a sky zone on my church you know it's (laughs) like those are all fun things so i had to ask the question like what can i offer them Mm. that the world can't yeah you know, it's just genuine discipleship and, like, let's let's talk about the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's have real meaningful conversations and meet you where you're at. And so in that, um, connecting students to loving, caring adults who are seeking to connect them to Jesus Christ has mm-hmm. is, is been the, the ultimate thing. So mm-hmm. there may be a few things throughout the year, uh, throughout the, the time that we've done and, and stopped doing because it's just not um, – know relevant as much in kids lives um but you know adapting to the time like we did the whole zoom thing like mm-hmm. I never thought i'd be doing zoom youth groups but when COVID hit and we had yeah. to stop meeting like um it was it was a time to engage them um through the different medium um you know and there's times where like we've collected all cell phones so kids can't use cell phones during mm-hmm. the, our meetings, but then there's other times I'm like, like let's let's use those cell phones. Like, what what kind of um, mm-hmm. games can we play with that? Yeah. Like, there's there's group games, but then also uh, opportunities to text in questions or answers and mm-hmm. um and, and and use Instagram. So there's there's things that I I play with, but overall the core um is, is still pretty consistent.
0: Yeah, I I like what you said. Um, you talked about uh, g- engaging them with the lesson. Like I thought that is really interesting. They are looking for that deeper deeper lesson, um, the deeper thinking and the, diff- like the deeper meaning behind everything and the deeper value. The students want to learn. Mm-hmm. They want to know uh, those three things that you're talking about, meaning, value, and purpose. Cool. Um,
1: and then when we keep it to just the, the Sunday school type lessons right. and uh, everything's easy and it's prepackaged, um, you know, I love to like when we bef- even before I teach my lessons, we'll read a passage and I say, like, oh, let's just stop here. And what stood out to you? What questions do you have? Like, let's engage that text before I tell you what to think. Like, mm-hmm. This is an opportunity for them to speak into it. Um, one time I, I was talking to a young man who is a sci-fi kid, and, like, a lot of people will think, like, you know, you got to keep it to, like, just the very basic gospel stuff mm-hmm. um, until someone's a Christian, and then once you get there, then you can start looking at some deeper stuff, and I'm like, no, like, we need to, you know, teach the whole counsel of the Word of God to whoever's in our presence, and... Mm-hmm. And this young man was like into sci-fi and stuff like that. And he thought the Bible was stupid. And then, um, and, you know, I asked him if he had ever heard of the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. And he's like, well, yeah, because it's all, all over sci-fi yeah. stuff like that. And do like, you know where that comes from, right? And he's like, no. And I was like, let's, uh, let's just read the Bible for a minute. Like, we went into Revelation and read a few yeah. verses. And it was just like, what? And so he left that conversation. He read, like, the whole book of Revelation. And he was just like, comes back with all kinds of questions. And later, he chose to follow Christ. Um, and because something piqued his interest, that says, "Wait a yeah. second! The Bible has more to it than I thought." Because mm-hmm. people only hear a little bit, and um, and they hear a, a sanitized, easy version of it, and like, um, and no, like we people want to know what we really believe. And the unfortunate thing is, a lot of Christians don't even fully know what they believe. Like, um, mm-hmm. and so like, let's unpack the whole thing. Let's let's invite people into the scary parts of it, and. Um, which is also one of the areas that I, I, I talk about a lot is um, about doubting. Like mm. I invite kids to doubt and ask questions, ask and, questions and have a safe yeah. place to talk through it. So kind of pivoting
0: a little bit in the question, what have you found are the main aversions to faith in adolescence? Like what about, and I guess it could be uh, any, but in your particular field, like what have, what have you found that kind of like diverts
1: them away from it? Uh, well, I think the, the inauthent, authenticity. did I say that right? In-
0: inauthenticity?
1: Um, yeah, like when, you. or hypocrisy for sure. Like um, adolescents, uh, they're very perceptive and they'll, they'll see through lies and um, and they'll see through inconsistencies. And uh, and so they just want to be real hmm. and they want to be perceived as adults who can Hold their own in a conversation, mm-hmm. and so when someone talks down to them, or at, treats them like children, like that, that's a turnoff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and if we remember back to when we were that age group, like it's like, yeah, like, don't treat me like a, a child. Don't tell me, um, you know, like I'm a kid. Like I'm a I'm, I'm a rational being who is, has real thoughts, and and um, I want to engage something. So, I do think that. Um, Uh, that but also like uh, uh, when we give answers or teach it in like a judgmental way like Mm. there's big questions out there today right and Mm -hmm. our culture has been indoctrinating our kids with some things that aren't consistent with the Bible Mm -hmm. and if we just flippantly just say well that's wrong and move on like we haven't engaged them like so they're just going to say well that that's that that," to them that's not enough right Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of unpacking that has to take place um, to reshape what they understand about what is a Christian worldview, what is a biblical worldview. And um, Romans 12, 2 says um, that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind that, so that we don't conform to the pattern of this world. So in that is implicitly there's a pattern that this world has established and that we are all products of that pattern, mm-hmm. and we need to learn to not c- to conform to that pattern um, but to then be transformed into the pattern of Christ, and um, you know, in, uh-huh. in, in in school we had that like home ec class or, or uh, I don't know what your school might have called it, but I had to learn sewing, you know, and really? how, how to sew a few things and I wish I make a little did. project and um, and there's a pattern that we would then cut out the fabric to, to then sew it. And you know how precise you are in your cutting and sewing will determine like how quality the, the product is. Um, and so this, this image of this pattern that's being cut out. Um, and that's, that's kind of like, don't, don't conform to the world's pattern. Don't be cut in that fashion, um, uh, but to be in Christ fashion. And so, but, when well, you have what the word of god says and you have life experience you have what you see in your in your neighborhood in your schools and your in your family and and how to balance all these things how do we pull in and see what what is the consistent biblical pattern um and then learn that sometimes i have to deny myself and i have to say just because i think this is right doesn't mean it is right and i have to I, and showing students that the bible is trustworthy and consistent and God is love even when things are hard that through the through trusting him through those hard things we learn that his love is is very present and real
0: Mm -hmm. you'd said that um some of the main inversions were uh, inauthenticity and uh or hypocrisy when they encounter maybe certain people representing uh, the Christian faith or um, judgmental teaching. Uh, I think that's a, yeah, that's very true. And I, I personally, <laughs> that's my, some of my aversions to faith sometimes as well, is uh, hypocrisy is a big one. Mm-hmm. And so when people are acting, when they say they believe one thing and then they act in a completely different way, It's completely befuddling like if somebody's like Christ's love changed my heart but I hate this group of people and I'm like well how can that be Mm -hmm. because then if you read the scripture and it says Jesus says we're all in the same boat pretty much that he's uh, like no one is good except God it's like well how did you get to that point of view like how did you get to that point of view to where you could feel comfortable saying this
1: you know and it can be really hard and so there you have, like, someone claiming the pattern of Christ, but they haven't been completely transformed into the pattern of right. Christ. Because that what they're saying is not consistent with Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't take a Bible scholar to look at that and say, that, that doesn't seem consistent, right? Right. Um, I have a friend who's been, you know, pastor for a long time, and he'll say stuff, and his, and I'm just sitting there like, bro, like how can you be teaching the Bible and sharing people and bringing them to Christ and still have this like animosity towards, we'll just say like a people group like or something mm-hmm. like that you yeah. say. And it's like, no, like that's not. And so the Bible depicts mature believers as being humble first, mm-hmm. full of compassion and caring. Like, um, you know, and, and James says, Heavenly wisdom is first of all peaceable, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so if you have someone who's yeah. like divisive and uh, wants to like hate people, like you know, that's that's not a reflection of Christ, and that's going to push people away,
0: yeah. And it's hard too because sometimes those voices, the um, those who don't have the complete picture, are the loudest and most observable voices. Mm-hmm. It can be like a very poor mi- misrepresentation or incomplete view and but sometimes it's the only thing with the name of Jesus that someone may encounter in a week and they're like oh that just reaffirms what i already know
1: and that's that's the culture we live in where media and soundbites and YouTube and all this other stuff brings in a lot of misconceptions about what is Christianity in the church. Well, I think that's about all we have
0: time for, but appreciate you coming in and, uh, sure.
1: well, you know, if you give me the questions, I'm I'll be even more insightful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I only have 30 minutes, but I know that
0: we could go on for another two hours. No. So
1: No, it was, uh, it was good. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate uh, the offer and the invitation and coming down and chatting with you.
0: Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, I, appreciate you guys listening I don't know what next you're gonna hear from me but uh, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you guys next time
1: out the get my mama close goddamn, man, you know like everyone, know, put your hands like grand keep that energy, flowing, energy, flowing, energy.